As gardeners in the region, we always think about how we can make our gardens better. And one of those things is pollination, making sure that we have the right pollinators and this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of people may not know, me included, exactly what pollination is. Well, you know, when we when we talk about pollination, you know, it's, it's like anything else. Uh, every species of things that live are always wanting to propagate to future generations. So pollination really is the process, you know, of fertilization from uh, male flowers to female flowers, the anthers of the male organ into the stigma, which is a female organ, and then you produce a seed. So that ensures that those genetics go on from one generation to the next. We want this to happen because oftentimes what we eat in a garden is the seed, like corn, etc. What are some of the best pollinators in our area? Well, you know, the predominant pollinator obviously is bees, uh, but a lot of people don't know that there's birds, there's bats, uh, moths are pollinators, and so all of them are really important to our, uh, you know, our livelihood. You know, it's said that uh, two out of every three bites of food that you and I eat is a direct result of a bee pollination, which is which is pretty significant, you know. And one way the one way or the other and, and indirectly or directly one. So that's a big that's a big chunk and it's very important that we keep those guys around so that we're we're alive, you know. We're speaking with John Gunter, the UT Extension Director in Fentress County, and we're talking about pollination. Okay, I think you've said pretty much why it is important. Can you share yeah. more? So, you know, when you think about it as well, if you're looking at pollination from uh, whether it's fruit trees or, or especially whether it's in our garden, uh, it's essential to have these fruits pollinated because if the female, if the ovum plant does not get, if it doesn't re- get pollinated, uh, then you have an incomplete fruit. And so sometimes you're, those, a lot of people come in the office and they're asking questions, you know, why are my, why are my watermelons kind of deformed and, and there's a black, you know, on the blossom end? And a lot of that's because they've not been pollinated. If they're not completely pollinated, and, you know, and, and, and two, one way to think about it, too, every seed that you see in a, in a plant, you know, when you bust that watermelon open, every one of those seeds is, a, is a really started as a grain of pollen, which is hard to imagine. But that's, and it's, but it's, it's nonetheless the truth, and that's, that's how we get that. So when you see apples that aren't fried, if you see them deformed, things like that, a lot of times it could be that they're just not pollinated. There's not enough pollinators in that area. It's very important. How do we increase those pollinators in our area? Well, you know, we talk, uh, you know, we try to encourage folks, especially if we're talking about pollinator health, we want to be careful about our, our spray schedule. You know, uh, you know, I personally have bees in orchards, and uh, one of the orchards we're at, I've never lost bees because of pesticides. The guy's very responsible. Uh, when he sprays, it's very important when you do that, if you do it real late in the evening so that um, – so that you don't have bees that are, you know, populating on those plants during the flowers, especially during the time when they get that poison. You know, it's said that a honeybee will visit, you know, in the peak uh, season, they'll visit 5,000 flowers a day, one individual honeybee. So, I mean, you got to think that's a massive amount of traffic and a lot of opportunity to pick up things that are bad. So we want to make sure we watch watch that and also, you know, make make friendly, you know, Sometimes in the fall of the year when we've got fence rows that have goldenrod in them, uh, let those let those go ahead and bloom because that's a really vital source for our bees uh, going into winter to collect that na- uh, that nectar. You know, and it bees and, and it, these other pollinators, they all, 
a lot of them get their nectar from the same sources. And so you can follow it through the year, the first part of the year with uh, the black locust, uh, you know, we tulip poplar, and then we jump into clovers and uh, where we're at, you know, sourwood. And there's all sorts of things they need. And goldenrod, certainly toward the end of the year, we need to always encourage that growth and let it go and then bush hog it if you need to later on. Should we keep bees? Should I keep bees on my farm? I think everybody ought to keep a couple hives of bees. I mean, just to, uh, you know, populate and, and things like that. I think it's going to be vital uh, that we continue to, to be responsible about, about these pollinators because we've, we've, over the years, you know, no doubt we've, we've restricted. We probably had things to do with their demise. And I think it's really, really important that we advocate, you know, the health of these pollinators. And one way of doing that is if, if folks are keeping bees, and it's not hard to do. You can check your local extension office there, and uh, one of those folks can point you in the right direction. Bee clubs in most counties in the Upper Cumberland, it can point you in a direction where you can get started. All kinds of information on that, and I think it'd be it'd be it's advantageous for anybody to do that and try to, uh, you know, if you especially if you like animal husbandry and things like that, and just to watch the bees is is quite amazing. It's really amazing. Thanks, John. John Gunter, UT Extension County Director in Fentress County.